Hello, Sports Arena, and it is ReCW, your weekly look into the world of Extreme from episode one all the way to 401. You got myself, Paul, and I'm currently joined by Jay, and Griff might be coming on. Um, say hello, Jay. Hi. It's a, it's a surprise run, and we don't know. Um, oh, oh, hold on. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Oh. Why's the ratings gone down all of a sudden? <laughs> There's like 11 missions, it's gone down to three. Oh, um, just, had to have, just had to hand some belt in. This week we're looking at October 1995 and November 1995, episode 132 and 133. How exciting. Very exciting. Super exciting. Yeah. And we are on the road to November to remember. How could we forget? We can't have to remember it because it's the November um, we start off at episode 132 from the 31st of October 1995 yes and before we start this I'd like to again point out we're two weeks away from November to remember yeah. two weeks away from the pay-per-view November to remember yeah Sorry. I just feel that's you know, important for us to point out that we're two weeks away from a pay-per-view. Well, an event special. It's not in the pay-per-view, is it? It's in the pay-per-view sections. Yeah, but... but it's not a pay-per-view, pay-per-view. Yeah, barely legal is a pay-per-view thing. Griff knows to watch the rise and fall of ECW. I did. See? So, a, a, a special, whatever you want to say, the, the show that they are hyping and building to, we are two weeks away from that. Yeah, which might be less in our time. Huh. who knows could be tomorrow it's not tomorrow um, uh, what was I going to say I was going to say something probably exciting but I've forgotten it let's just start I guess we start with Beulah's Box September not September uh, Steve Austin is a guest acting like Eric Bischoff another yeah, one of his famous little skits Monday Night Quill yeah doing the Monday Night I Quill. thought the first couple of times he said Monday Night Raw it wasn't until later on, obviously, that I obviously know he's not talking about Monday Night Raw. It's what Monday Night Crawl or whatever. Well, but I, uh, I didn't really enjoy this segment. Hmm. Um, I, I got it, but it's a classic. Yeah. Um, it's nowhere near as good, I think, as some of the others. So, for instance, there's bits like him popping the balloons to, to be the pyro that I think would have been quite good if he'd kind of let that breathe for a second and let that kind of sink in that that's what he was doing rather than just running through his stick. Yeah, I mean, my, um, my personal opinion was um, the, the Stephen Maniac one or whatever was called in its own way because it was an introduction. Yeah. Um, obviously the middle the heartfelt superstar and you know the later on the ladder match promos and all that I think they're all fantastic absolutely I just think I don't like the necessary digs I think it's like below him in a way yeah it just I, like, I think it's cheap yeah um, and you know I, I get what he's trying to do and it's all kind of you know edgy and controversial and blah 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 but yeah it just comes across as a bit cheap 
on on some of it compared to some of the other stuff he's doing and i think i suppose part of it is because a load of these jokes are kind of you know silly frat boy humor um and are what you would have expected from and what you would have seen from wwe at the time so Mm. you know while they were doing things like the nacho man and billionaire ted and all the rest of it the same kind of shtick um and you know where the big boys play with each other um which is a line that obviously they thought was quite quite the zinger because it came up every 30 seconds (laughs) it just it 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 wasn't it wasn't a funny line and maybe it was at the time um maybe maybe it's just one of those things that's not aged well Mm. Um, but no it just felt a little bit weird and cheap and odd yeah, he almost wanted to be like the Stevie Maniac where halfway through he took the wig off and was just like, do you know what? Yeah, Enough of this serious. crap. Yeah, but he just it kept going and going and going and going. Um, he said the bottom line, though. That was the thing. He did? Hmm. It wasn't the only, like, Brock kind of comment, but we'll get to that. Hmm. Brock. Oh. And that's the bottom line. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. If we had the Pitbulls versus Johnson said so. With the Pitbulls versus Donny Allen and the Broad Street Bully, you can hardly call it a match. Basically, the Pitbulls just turned up, they steamrolled through them, smashed them, and beat them massively. I wonder why they didn't get an automatic like championship rematch. But then I guess the championship belts went to someone else anyway. So I kind of yeah, that was my trail of thought. Yeah, I suppose you don't know how it was all recorded. They might have already lost the belts. That's true. About, about seven months before. You didn't really know, do you? No. What we do know, however, is if Jason had kept them as on their team and if they'd stayed with Jason, yeah. then they would not have lost these championships. Yeah. And we know that because Jason tells us this when he walks out and confronts his old team. Well, that's, it. that's the real story, isn't it? The real story is after the match, Jason comes out, like I said, he confronts them, tells them all this, and I felt like they were willing to go back with him. They seemed to be questioning. Considering it. Yeah. Yeah, it was like he swerved them, not them swerve him. Yeah. I, I expected almost them to grab him and hit him with a powerball or something, but it wasn't. It said the Eliminators attacked them. And then, um, obviously, Taz and Rick Steiner came out, and the Eliminators attacked them. And the Pitbulls came back out again to make the save. Yeah, so the Pitbulls running back out confused the life out of me. Um, poor Francine uh, took a, a Jason kick to the face like an absolute trooper. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, bless her. her. Her entire job so far is just bump for all sorts of randoms. Um, but yeah, so the Eliminators get laid out. Taz and Rick Steiner um, run in to make the save. No, sorry, the, the, the pit bulls get laid out. Taz and Rick Steiner run in to make the save. In doing so, the tide then turns to the Eliminators. So the pit bulls run out to make the save for Taz and Rick Steiner, who'd run out to make the save from the pit bulls who'd got laid out by the Eliminators. Hmm. Pretty much summarises it perfectly. Well, yeah, basically... But um, yeah, I just felt even weird that Taz was with Rick Steiner again. Yeah, I don't know what, where's Scott? 
He's off doing Scotty stuff. Probably getting his own roids. Allegedly. I wonder, I wonder if after all this, like, he then comes out as big pummel pump that we know him. I'm assuming that you mean hemorrhoids taken care of. <laughs> of course. Good, 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 good. Um, yeah, because they go back to WCW soon, both of them, didn't they? So that won't yeah. be mm. long, as most people do. Um, we get the Extreme Encyclopedia, but again, nothing special. Sando Manimus, Woman of Musmus, Mikey Whip Usual. Yeah, yeah, they wrote in Spanish, so I wasn't interested this week. Yeah. <laughs> then we go back to the Dudley Boys doing a promo. <sighs> again, it felt nothing special. felt the same as what we've seen last week and week before. Yeah, I mean, they went through and they introduced everyone. They gave a little bit of time to all of them about because one of them is going to be the guest ring announcer for the pay-per-view coming up. So they kind of go through and did a little bit about all of them and um, uh, everything going on. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know, it it feels like they're spending their life doing strange things with weird people. Um, I'm already ready for the Dudley Boy Cull. Yeah. It's just sort of... And we've got at least another two to come. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all right. It, it, it's cool. It's ticking along. Just more action. Less... Blah, 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 blah. But then we get Public Enemy with Mikey doing some more hoodie training. I can't lie at first. I thought, oh, really? But by the end, I actually really enjoyed it. So I this was, was the ladder match, wasn't it? <clears throat> Big pardon? Yeah. This, this is the ladder yeah, match. The ladder match yeah. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. I I quite liked the um, Johnny Grunge drinking the beer bit. Yeah. The rest of it was... It, it felt a very long segment for that joke. Um. I quite, I quite like the joke. I thought it was quite funny. I like the fact that he just kept sending them up there quicker and quicker and quicker. And getting... I don't want the valley of the shadow of death. I thought he was going to start singing. But then yeah, he just I, got there. I think if he knew any of the other <laughs> lyrics, he would have done. Yeah, but they've done that so many times, that bit, haven't they? It's like their thing. Yeah. And this thing, they don't know that there's nothing... They, they obviously don't know the rest of the lyrics because that's the bit where they stop. Because I think if well, you've got guys, to go on... If you, as I walked through the valley of the shadow of death and left. Oh. Well, guys, as I was coming to the end of my um, Public Enemy DVDs, this <laughs> could be one of the last segments we get because they had a tryout with, I believe, WWE, like, in a couple of weeks' time, which they turned down and go to WCW. Oh. So, I think until they come back in a few years' time, this could be one of. I mean, it's the... always like watched the rise or fall of ECW recently. It's yeah, your sudden insight into this is just Rain Man level shit. Okay, I don't know. They did. I think what one of the first one did not like, They were in a ghost in a ghost match, shadow match, whatever you want to call it. Ooh, Ooh. that's a one for the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> um, but yeah, this could be like the last couple of times we see them until they make a little appearance later on. Oh, no. Down no. the roads. <sighs> oh, well. That'd be a shame, wouldn't it? Maybe it will be a shame. Maybe we'll miss them more than we realise. 
I think. I know I will, but I've got my when discs. The, when <clears> the time comes, um, I think we should um, do the same with that we did with Eddie and Dean and go and watch their first um, appearance on Nitro. Or even better, we could go watch Public Enemy versus Jeff Jarrett and Mongo Michaels. That match happens. Uh-huh. We'll find them. I mean, or, or Ben versus the Acolytes. I was going to say Sunday Night Heat versus the Acolytes, but we'll get to that. In... Maybe we do all three. We do their first match to see the, the bloom come off the rose really quickly. Then we'll do. But they, they, got, they got the belts in WCW. Yeah, they want belts in every organisation they're at, apart from WWE. Yeah. What so? Been doing my research. Been doing my research. And they were in three organisations, weren't they? I mean, yeah, they did some shots in Japan. Yeah, but <laughs> it just, it just I mean, so they did some shots in Japan and didn't win belts there. Yeah, but were they in it, though? Or were they under contract with ECW? Was anyone under contract with ECW? I was. Isn't half the problem with people just wandering off that no one's under contract with ECW? Well, you have a point. So does a pencil. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Let's see where that statement's led. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I regret nothing. Down, no, 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 no. Oh, what's that? Sandman's on his way to the ring. Um, we get Sandman and Mikey Whitrow make their way to the ring for another match. How exciting. Before the match, this I see... is a ladder match. It is a ladder match. But and it... not as you know it. No, it's a ladder match that doesn't involve anything being hung from a ladder. You can just use the ladder. It's a ladder match in the sense of... They've been doing anyway. Yeah, you just fight with a ladder. Is that not a I I, I thought this through. I thought, blatantly, they had no way of hanging this on the ceiling of this arena. (laughs) So, obviously, because I thought, oh, surely, obviously, WrestleMania 10's been and gone. Yeah. So, ladder matches are a thing. But I'm guessing they're just like, eh, we can't really hang one from a ceiling. So why compete with that? We'll just call it a ladder match anyway and just do it our own little way. Exactly. I was just disappointed. I thought this was going to be an epic match when the timestamps were on there. But it was only like six minutes, I think, in the end. Yeah, I mean, before the match starts, obviously, Steve Austin plods out. Yep. Yep. Um, Basically, he runs them both down. Pretty decent. I like it. And then carries woman off. Yeah, so woman's uh, he's 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 recognises woman as a five dollar whore, and if he had five dollars and a clothes peg, he might give her a run. Five five dollar clothes peg, I'm gonna give you a run. And that's all I got to say about that. And is this where he calls him Jabroni? Jabroni. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And I was like, whoa. I thought that was the Rock's phrase. I know. I thought Rock invented the word jabroni. I even Googled jabroni, and obviously it keeps coming up. Apparently jabroni means picture? a jobber. Jabroni's a jobber. But they were made famous by the Rock, and I'm like, uh-uh. Steve Austin said it first. Yeah. Yeah, but it was made famous by the Rock. They said origins from the Rock. He's making it go along now, isn't you? But anyway, I was surprised. That's what oranges for. Um, yeah, so he came out running both down. It was pretty cool. The match was all right. Um, I like the fact that the whole match was just based around one ladder. 
Yeah. And it looked like a ladder you could buy from um, any DIY. The Home um, Depot. It's it didn't it didn't look like a gimmick ladder that obviously can take a few bashes. It generally just looked like a ladder that one of them got from their van. They, they found out the back there was a ladder, and they went, "Do you want to have a ladder match tonight?" Hey, all right. It's like that. It was just a normal decorating ladder, but I like the fact it was based around one ladder rather than you know modern day. You have about thirty-seven ladders, different shapes and sizes. Yeah, and suddenly three quarters of the way through the match, you pull out the huge ladder when you, everyone goes, well, why didn't you use that in the first place? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's budgetary led. You know, I, I feel that they probably could only afford one ladder. It worked. Um, it really did. I, I think it really did. I think it really did add something to the story of them just focusing on this ladder as a, a tool to um, beat the living shit out of each other. Yeah, even though it's no DQs and they can use frying pans, tables, canes, anything else, chairs. Flaming tables. Yeah, but they've got a ladder now. Um, yeah. Anyway, the match ends. Mikey lays the ladder on top of the span, uh, Sandman. Sandman hits a top rope splash and gets the free. We have a new world champion. I'm a Sandman. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> And he's the first I, person to he's the first person to congratulate him. Cactus Jack runs out. Yeah, so Cactus Jack. he's a triple crown winner. Crown. He is our first triple crown champion. Is he the first ever? He is. Yeah. Just like Johnny Gargano. I mean, I'm I'm torn because you know, like Natalie and Brulier. Very much uh, like Natalie and Brulier. Like naked um, on the floor. I, <laughs> I, I am. I'm torn because you know it's, we've seen the story. We've watched him build from. Um, I'm just scared about how much lyrics you know of Natalie and Brulee at all. That's a good um, song. So much influence, Hank. Google search lyrics for Natalie and Brulee torn. Copy, paste, send. <laughs> So it's it's Mikey and and we've watched him build to this and we've watched him from the jobber to the guy that's lucked into the tag team to the guy that's lucked into the the TV title to the guy that's actually grown to be a competitor and a a, a realistic challenger, um, you know, and and he's he's he really is kind of represents everything about ECW and there's no beauty that shines brighter than a good heart, but oh, burn it's out. Just, Burn out. Bit of burn out. Sorry. I don't know where you went with that. That was his music. Oh, that's true. That's I'm what it just loser. sounds like. Um, well, no, his, his real one's that, but on the network, it just seems to go burn out. Burn out. But, <laughs> partly because of the way it's cut. I'm desperately trying to actually make a point. Um, it's just it it felt so anticlimactic that it just kind of finished and he was the champion and this extreme sandman who took all these beatings and all the rest of it just kind of yeah almost forgot to kick out yeah but i suppose with the shock value so cactus came out everyone expecting the worst and they got the best he had a little hug it was beautiful moment followed by conan axel the rotten and the Pitbulls. It was a great moment. Rick Steiner was in the ring for the no Shah. reason. Yes, Shah. Rick Steiner was in the ring for absolutely no reason. It reminded me of the Great American Bash in 1990 when Sting won, beating Flair. 
<laughs> and everyone was in there celebrating with him over different oh, belt. Great American, was it Great American Bash? No, Starcade 97. Oh. Nice thing one, and everyone ran out. Yeah, Starcade 97. I thought Cactus Jack was going to drop, drop Whitbrick. You were Before everyone else run down, obviously knowing obviously he's going for a massive heel phase. Um, and I thought that'd be really sad for like Mikey's big moment. But um, his game respects game, doesn't it? Well, I think it's cl- they're clever. The fact they got, they got Cactus Jack to be able to celebrate with him, obviously like being close friends, and then the storyline goes to like no one trusts him, so he then goes off. Yeah, I was I was about to say the same thing. I liked I liked the fact that you know he's run out and celebrated, and then everyone's giving him this hugely wide berth, and no one trusts him because they remember the characters and the stories that they're trying to do. Yeah, interesting exactly. fact. Perfect. Mikey Whitworth was a world champion before Cactus Jack. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Mikey Whitworth champion before Steve Austin as well. Yeah. Crazy. And Ray. Whitworth won the ladder match before many people. And Rick Steiner. Rick still holds that record. And Jason. And Jason. And JT Smith. Um, Sandman, we get a um, little, little emotional video. About him, I thought he was leaving. I thought he died. <laughs> I thought he was blind again. I just love how many of the highlights is just him standing next to a woman. Not actual like wrestling moves. Leave um, the memories <laughs> alone. Tell me a lie. It's very sad when you watch Sandman lose his smile. Oh, that was that his eyes. Um, yeah, so um, that happened. Then we the get a quick promo. Going, yeah, do it his way. I'm going to do it my way. Sounds like more like Bill Alfonso. And it ended. We got to episode 133. How exciting. Which I feel must have been filmed on the same day. 7th of November, 1995. Yes. So you're, you're absolutely right. Filmed on the same day. Um, and also, that means whenever these were filmed as an event, mm. as, a, as a card, as was... Mm. One of the first matches on the card was the heavyweight championship match. Yeah. Yeah. Because a very bloodied Sandman is prevalent on all of this, wearing the same T-shirt and the same blood splatter as... I mean, unless the uh, the story is that he's not showered in a week. Like that time out got done by the uh, gangrel blood. Yeah. I remember that. He almost breaks the Bobby Kennedy's record of most appearances in an episode, but not quite. Oh, not quite. I really like this. I, I, I know obviously they want to ruin the whole thing, but I like the idea of the disgruntled former world champion fuming and kind of ruining the whole show, but not yes. ruining it. Just getting involved in everything because he's just so fucking pissed off. Out of control, yeah. Yeah, I really thought it was pretty decent. Um, we kicked it off with a dream match. J.T. Smith versus El Puerto Rico. Puerto Ricano. Yeah. I, I, is... I actually think this must be the only entrance, video, entrance music J.T. Smith didn't overdub. <laughs> so El Puerto Ricano is uh, Port, Puerto Rican for the Puerto Rican. Mm. So, oh. there we go. Every day's school day. Um, and um, is... Uh, Introduced as a rookie, He's, this is one of his first matches. His first match was against uh, Cactus Jack and a little bit to do with Jason. And this is him coming through. He's a blue chipper. He's one of their rookies, which would mean that he was 
training in their school, which would mean his coach at this time would have been JT Smith. Oh, that's a little bit of research. So this would have been the the teacher versus the student. Oh. The smashy, smashy, smithy, smithy views. So JT Smith's gimmick is twofold. It's It's very complex. One part is he's now Italian. And the other part is he fucks up his moves. Yeah, that annoys me. But I did think it was cool in black trunks. I thought it had a little change up from the singlet. Yeah. And um, I enjoyed the finish. He won with a side shot powerbomb. Yep. And it was kind of pretty sweet. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, a, a slingshot powerbomb after going for various moves and just, like, face-planting and fucking up. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I thought it was. I thought it was not bad. Um, El Puerto Ricano was doing some ridiculous stuff. So, um, step up, uh, uh, moon salts from the top rope, and various other things. Um, just ridiculous moves for no rhyme or reason. True. But it looked cool. It did. Um, yeah. True. So basically, Sandman came out, starts canning the crap out of both of them. Grabbed the mic and said, now I'm pissed off. Yeah, he's out to pie like he's never killed anyone. <laughs> yep. And we cut to the second dream match of the night. Hack Myers versus Dances with Dudley. I, sake. I, was, I was expecting um, the Sandman to get involved. I just kind of hoped it'd be quicker. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a bit of a match. Hack Myers won. But it was worth the wait. It was it worth was. the wait. It was. This is one of the cheeky highlights. So basically, Hack Myers won the match. Everyone applauded. Sam hits the ring again. Um, started caning the crap out of Hack Myers. And he was chanting Shah every time he did it. Shah! <laughs> Shah! So, so the crowd, if, if you've not watched this, the crowd when Hack Myers is hitting someone. Who wouldn't watch uh, this? Some people just like listening to us. Oh. Weird, but some people just like listening to us talk about this stuff. Have no interest in actually watching it, just like listening to us. And, and we thank you for that. Oh, I like the wife. And that imbruglia. <laughs> um, and Natalie imbruglia. Um, so uh, when Hackmeyer hits someone, he's the, the crowd chant "Shah," and when his opponent hits back, they shout "Shit!" And uh, this obviously inspired the Sandman because he took the mic and the cane. And as he moved from one to the other, every time he, he, he hit hack, he's saying, Shah! And when every time he's hitting dances Dudley, he's saying, Shit! Which is beeped out by the network. Um, made me laugh. It was Decent. my favourite bit of the match. Decent effort. Um, so that happened. We've got highlights of last year's November to remember, which I didn't remember until I saw the highlights and I remembered. So I guess it sort of worked. Do you know what, what surprised me? Well, that these were all a year ago. Because hmm. yeah. I remember, you know, looking through the, all of these, it was crazy um, how, you know, how much came out of this show a year ago and how, how fresh it still was in my mind um, about some of the stuff that they did. Well, it's, it's not really been a year, is it? Yeah, it would have been but like six months ago. If that, but it's still six months ago. It's still a while ago. We still do two, three episodes at a time. We just give them... Yeah, but we've seen a year's worth of content. I so the fact that this all kind of, I know, you know, I is, could... it resonates. Yeah, but all right. 
understand your point. Did you not still pop when Sandman, uh, when Dreamer ran in to make the save from Woman, who was about to beat the Sandman because he couldn't see? Yeah. And then Sandman pulled off that that um, eye eye gauze eye gauze eye go gauze gauze gauze. Yeah, I must admit, I thought that was longer ago. That... Gore. Yeah, no, it, it didn't feel like it's it. been a year since we've seen Tommy Cairo. Uh, the multi-tool of professional wrestling. Tooth. Singular. Oh, He's still out there. Um, yes, yeah, so we had that off the national anthem, nine one one. We had um, yeah, the Sandman being blinded, did did, but not actually being blind. The old double swervy thing. It was pretty cool. Some good, some good matches. Um. We've got Bubba Ray uh, trying to say his name again to one now. Yep. Um, by public. Did we get the promo by public enemy or was this cut out? You uh, public enemy at the end. Yeah. yeah explaining after the match. Here from. Yeah, we went to the match though. So Rocco Rock versus Two Cold Scorpio. Interesting stipulation. I like it. So obviously, public enemy tag team champions, Two Cold Scorpio, TV champion. It's a one-on-one match, so tag titles are on the line and the TV title on the line, depending on who gets the pin. So Scorpio can be tag team champions if he was to win, or yeah. um, Rocco Rock can win the TV title. And I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that one was, yes. I like the stip. Um, uh, this time, yes, I do. match wasn't too bad. I don't mind Rocco Rock. He's my favourite out of the pair. Never denied it. So it was pretty exciting. bit of crazy. favourite out of the pair, isn't he? It's yeah. the only one that everyone talks nicely about. Yeah. Everyone. 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 Um, yes, yeah, so that happens at the end. We had a bit of a flaming table again. Yep. Um, they love a bit of that. And I'm not sure if Rock and Rock sort of got set on fire a bit. And too He cold. seems to get a little bit very much set on fire to the point where he, even Scorpio and the referee had to break character and try to put him out. So I'm assuming there was a little bit too much lighter fluid. On, yeah, and on the table. Oh, Joey was sort of just covering over, saying, "Oh yeah, even though they're fighting, they're, they're still men and like each other." Sort of sometimes. Yeah, which which, knowing how this ends, I get why, but annoyed me because this is the guy that you know when J.T. Smith's knee pads get caught, it's like, well, he fucked up and killed himself. Let's see that again. And this one, it's like, oh, you know, and, and they're just friends and stuff. But I'm guessing that, that that's part of the storyline, J.T. Smith. Yeah. Well, it wasn't at the time. The first one wasn't, was it? It's turned into... No, it. the first one. I mean, there is no way on earth that he put that, you know, flies the ropes, through the ropes thinking I'm a ninja and then face plants and ends up with an egg on his head. Mm. I think you're underestimating him. <laughs> Your previous your previous shout on Mount Rushmore a couple of times. I think you've vastly changed your tune about him. Oh, what you 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 think that my Mount Rushmore was based upon his ability to land on his forehead on concrete? Yeah. He, he was asked to do it by by Paul, Paulie dangerously, and he kept the faith and did it, and he pulled it off. Got us all fooled. Is that me? No, I I I no. What's that you think? Has he not got you down yourself a little bit? No. Interesting. Sort of thing a man doubt himself would say. 
Um, yeah, so basically he wanted to put him through the table and set him on fire until he went through the table and got set on fire. Then he didn't actually want him to get set on fire. And Yeah. And it's um, vastly leading up to another incident with um, fire, which I think must be next week. I'm not sure they put it on TV. But it's before November to remember. I'm sure it is. Don't that we, case is gone. Don't we have Terry Funk, Cactus Jack, the famous towel situation? I don't know. Because that leads to a certain return at November to remember. To try and help the fans, because it all got a bit... Because basically, Cactus Jack and Terry Funk have a match, don't they? Yep. Where they do the... the they have the towel that gets set on fire. And the towel ended up going in the audience, isn't it? I oh, think wow. so. And that caused a thing. And then you have November to remember when an ex-person comes back. I know who the ex-person is. It's okay, you can say, unless you're keeping it quiet for the audience. I don't know how we keep it quiet for. It was like 20 years ago, I don't know what I'm doing. Right, when Tommy Cairo comes back... no yeah so Sabu um, comes back and I think it was too sweet in the crowd because it all got a bit I don't know it was on one of the ones not sure if it was on Rise and Fall or or something it wasn't wasn't on wasn't it yeah you talking about that that wasn't on that DVD about the no no it was on one of them I, I watch a lot but yeah, part then it's of... not on next week's episode either. Oh, I need to hunt down when this was. Cactus Jack's fighting Tommy Dreamer. So it says 1995. Yeah, so that got... could be it. Terry Funk yeah. come out at the end. Because Terry the most Funk... shocking moment in the history of Eastern occurred in 95 when it is unknown to the average fan. During a match between Thomas, Tommy Dreamer and Cactus Jack, there we go. Terry Funk interfered. Cactus grabbed a chair that had been wrapped in a burning towel and attempted to hit Funk with it. But things went wrong. The towel flew off, fell flew off into the off the chair and landed on Funk, burning him and causing him to throw the flaming towel into the audience. ETW officials sprayed fire extinguishers and the lights went out for a planned angle between Raven and Dreamer. The crowd broke into complete chaos. When the smoke cleared, multiple fans were burned with injuries from the crowd to crowd. Many would bring lawsuits against TCW, most of which were dismissed. But that doesn't tell me when. Well, if it's Tommy Dreamer versus Cactus Jack, that's next 28th week. 28th of October, 1995. Might be about right, because this is obviously November yeah. and 14th, 1995, when you by get the time it airs. to the promo at the end of the show, where Terry Funk's got his arm banded up like he's just been burnt, yeah. it works. Yeah, so I think it's happened and... Or, or yeah, we might not have seen it, but it happen- see. it's happening around... See, I knew it. See? Yeah, it was good. Thank you. That was a good shout. Thank you. I remembered that and Hackmeyers versus Dancers with Dudley, the two things I remembered from this time. Um, yeah, so there's a match. So basically, fire happened. So Scorpio helped it. You could see it kind of got weird because Johnny Grunge was there trying to get in the ring, but obviously the spot wasn't right because it wasn't meant to, it was meant to pin him, not put him out. So he got up, he went to give him the tag team titles. Looks like he called a bit of an audible. Hit with a clothesline. Scorpio pinned him. Scorpio is the new tag team champion as Grunge was trying to get in the ring. Sandman caned him. Sandman got in the ring. Scorpio was holding all the gold. Was sort of mumbling, whoa, woman, 
so good to me or something. <laughs> um, about two minutes, said the gold is way too heavy to carry all of it. So he gave Sandman the tag team titles. And I did always wonder how these two ended up tag team champions. The most random of a group of really random people. Yeah, but also a nice sort of heel thing, isn't it? Because they're just all sort of hated. So it works. Yeah. I like the way that Sandman obviously would have started the tapings as world champion, but he still leads the end of the ch- tape. Uh, yeah, all in the, the same night. A belt. So basically, start of the night. I mean, this would have been a hell of a show if it was like, say, a WWE pay-per-view. Fried Edge, Elimination Chamber. It's, do you know what I mean? It's a similar sort of, sort of vibe. So you sit there and you think, first match on the card... Probably Mikey wins the world title. Everyone's going mental. Sandman comes out and causes chaos for most of the matches the rest of the night. And then, probably one of the last matches, he ends up coming out again and becoming the tag team champion. Just, that's that's pretty decent show. Chicken oriental mental. It is mental mental. But yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Um, we then got a segment, um, Builder's Box with Todd Gordon. Bill Alfonso come out, and um, yeah, Todd's just such a bitch, isn't he? Yeah. That's all I got from this. I just sat there and thought, why are you always getting beaten up by this guy? Really is. Just even when he looked like he was in control, he just got beaten up again. This is obviously the start of Alfonso and Bueller's feud. (laughs) Could be. Well obviously, because obviously I've swatched the DVD. So, is Todd Corden going soon? Um, I don't know the time scale of that. I thought that was more 97. But I don't know. Oh, wow. He's around for another two years. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is round now. I, I, I've got no idea when any of that happened. That DVD isn't very good at telling you what year it is. I just know it happens. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know when that happens. But, um, yes, that happened. It led to a whole bunch of... Pulp Fiction promos again, Public Enemy, Bubba, Austin doing the Bischoff. Um, Cactus did a pretty decent promo, talking about he's hardcore to the bone and hating every second of it, which I thought was a good line. Yeah. Yeah. Public Enemy's promo obviously explaining the stipulation for the rematch. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, this feels overbooked to the point of fucking stupidity. Yeah, but that's just it's, it's just simple, like it's, it's kind of same stipulations. But if someone pins, um... right, you you say simple, but the way it works is, Sandman and uh, Sandman and Scorpio, Scorpio. two 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 gold yep. Scorpio, hey, hey, hey. Yep. Um, are the tag champions. Yeah, Scorp Dog is the TV champion. Yeah, yeah. So if Sandman or Scorpio pin either of the public enemy, then the person who gets the pin would go on to face Mikey Whipwreck later on in the show. Hey. If either of the public enemies pin Sandman, then they win the tag championships and the person who's pinned the Sandman goes on to be to face Mikey Whipwreck at the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah. If 
either of them pins Scorpio, then they both become tag champs. The person who pins Scorpio becomes the TV champ, and that person also then goes to face Mikey Whitbrick at the end of the show. Now yeah. say that again ten times fast. No! Because oh. it's just over... Since J.T. Smith's messed with your head, you've changed. Massively. <laughs> Ever since he went to the trunks, I feel like you've given up on him. Tell me a lie. Thought I did. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and all of this, by the way, is is um, with Rey Mysterio versus Mikey earlier in the show as well. Yeah, dream match. Um, just confusing. Just, just, just too much in it. We get a promo by Terry Funk and Toby Dreamer as well. Funk explains how it's a sport and he loves a sport because it's a sport. Um, even with weapons, it's a sport because it's a sport. And the show ends. There was a, a quite a little heartfelt moment there where Tommy apologises for dra- dragging Funk into this. Yeah, he told him to fuck off. No, he didn't. Um, but this brings down to what people really want to know. What's going on on Raw and Nitro this week? Oh. Well, I have the answers. You wouldn't dare. <laughs> I would. Um, in the October, not really a lot was going on on Raw. Razor and Moan defeated Owen Hart um, to retain the IC title. Smoking Guns took out a couple of uh, John Reacher and Phil Apollo. No one knows who they are. Goldust versus Vega. But the following week, this is where we got an ECW dream match. Out of everyone we'd seen in ECW intro videos in the history, what is the greatest dream match we could ask for? On what show? In the history of ECW. Yeah. Out of all the intro videos and everything we've seen, what two superstars could we have in a match that we've always wanted to see? And Hawk. Close. British Bulldog versus Mighty Gennetti. Oh. Went one gosh. on one on Raw. And the main Mighty event. Mighty who, who who would have been on two channels over this time period because he had a little cameo in the Sandman video getting beaten the shit out of. Yeah, and apparently he cut a really scathing program before going. <laughs> when my phone gets into that place, then I'm going to take him apart. That sounds good. Um, the main event was Isaac Yankum and Jerry Lawler who beat Bret Hart and Hikushi with Barry Horowitz. I feel like oh, he's supposed to be coming up to the Kiss My Foot match, I oh, guess. I don't. I feel like um, I need more closure to that. I don't know why Bret Hart, Hikushi and Barry Horowitz are together. But on Nitro... I remember what was going on. Kiss My Cheese. On Nitro, uh, Guerrero... Back crowd connection. ...defeated um, Craig Pittman, Scott Norton. Scott Norton in the shark battle to no uh, double count out. <gasps> Shark. In another dream match, Disco Inferno was defeated by Sabu <laughs> on the 30th of October. Which is his last show probably before so he Sabu's back, back in the country, is he? Yeah, he's back in the country for some reason. On the 6th of November, uh, Kevin Sullivan was there battling the Renegade. Um, Sting defeated Flair, standard. And Eddie Guerrero defeated um, Chris Benoit. So there's over the two shows, there is quite a big 
ECW. I mean, Raw's a yeah. bit looser. But, you know, Nitro, Sullivan, Eddie, Benoit, Sabu. There's there's a lot of um, sort of ECWs we've seen in the last year, I'd say, appearing over on Nitro with that Nitro money. Mm. So I thought it was interesting because, you know, people like that, you don't really think about popping up so early. So the no. big boys go to play with themselves. Yeah, they're over there playing with themselves, apparently. So, yeah, that's that. Any thoughts? Um, my big one is uh, we've just seen the tag titles change hands. We've just seen the uh, heavyweight title change hands. We've just seen various angles. We've just seen various things. And uh, this is two weeks before the actual special that they're building to. Yeah. So just, you know, really kind of weirdly, I don't know what what they're doing it for because... It's a pre-sold house, so it's not like they're they're building. I mean, I suppose they're trying to build that anything can happen kind of thing. Mm. But why why have all of this happen um, in the two weeks leading up to the, the big show? I guess I guess it's not a pay per view. Everything's just a big show, right? Yeah, but you're not building to it in that sort of way are you i mean it's i don't know i guess it's building to the big stipulation but i guess if they'd known that public enemy are going like i said last week why'd they put the belts on them yeah well maybe they wanted they didn't well, they want took the, them straight off didn't they but they didn't want the pit bulls to lose maybe they sort of wanted to screw the pit bulls yeah i don't know where are the I gangsters mean, it feels like there's suddenly this drive to get as many people into Triple Crown territory as possible. Yeah. So you got... would be like, look, belts change hand on house shows. No, I didn't have pay per view. But I just guess... at this point, that's all they are is is you know running a, a a weekly show in the ECW arena, which they then cut up for television. So they're not well, the... building to anything. It's just odd. The tag belts always like hot potatoes. Yeah. Like, so the tag belt's point. always leap. I guess it's the first time. What's that? Had a six-month run. Six-month mm. run. Yeah. yeah. So that, and obviously, TV title that kind of, I don't know, kind of changes hands very, uh, not as often. Well, if you know, um, his raw results have got Dean Douglas on. Oh, what's going on with him? I think he's still doing promos. Really. I forget you would have, you would have done promos for a few weeks. Like you say I that. Look how many, look how many weeks we had Bray Wyatt. Oh, sorry, months we had Bray Wyatt. Like teasing his return. Yeah. Um, oh, so I don't think it's long guessing, before we get our our franchise back. Well, Razor Ramon would have to lose the belt first. If you're saying Razor Ramon still got the belt, yeah, he has to lose the belt for Shane Douglas to be handed it. I thought he was going to win it back. Shawn Michaels got to win the belt, hasn't he? Yeah, Shawn Michaels got to beat Razor. Then Shawn's got to then lose hand his it smile. over to Douglas. Yeah. And then Razor Ramon has to beat him. Oh, jeez. All right, we've got that coming up. I don't know who Douglas feuds before that. We're just getting the belt early on. I don't, I don't know. Does, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's all Razor and that, though, isn't it? Mental. So. I'll do some investigating. I'll find out. I'm guessing Survivor Series is coming up November. Survivor I Series. It. I remember him being a lot Survivor of. Survivor Series '95. I think there's a lot of in your houses at the moment. <clears throat> I mean, I don't remember Shane Douglas at any big event. I remember him just a lot of in your houses. 
So Shane Douglas. I know, but Razor Ramon, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels could have been um... SummerSlam, isn't it? No. Shane Douglas makes his televised return to ECW on the January 9th, 1996 Hardcore TV. Mm. We are November. To remember. So, yeah, we've, we've got him back in two months. Wow. Oh, so Shawn Michaels didn't even wrestle. Uh, he came down with Diesel for a match. Um, what's in your house for? In your house for? Results. Where are we? Where are we? Razor Ramon defeated Dean Douglas. Singles match for WWE, WWF Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, so that, was, that was October oh, wow. 95. That was October, tw- yeah, October yeah, 22nd. So he, he came in oh, so July last week in this world. Yeah. Okay. Came in July 1995. Um, in your house three. Uh, he won. So even though he wasn't on, even though he wasn't obviously your list of like matches, on one of those episodes he would have been handed the belt then. He was set to wrestle Sean on in your house four, but Michael's forfeited title. Title um, immediately had to defend against Razor. Razor would go on to defeat Douglas, ending his reign of only twenty minutes. Oh, so that was I'm that one. I'm guessing Douglas must have upset people like loads. Yeah. Really? Why put the belt on him to like? I, I don't know. Maybe he was just a bit cocky or didn't play ball. His last appearance in WWE is the December 17, 1995 In Your House 5. Oh, wow. So he lasts three months. Not including promos. Hmm. July to December. Yeah. Oh yes, he's back with us. We get our franchise back in a very, very short amount of time. See, and I think they need it. I think they need the. I know Sam Matt. Maybe I will learn to love him. Sam Man doesn't seem like a main eventer like for his wrestling skills. He's good as a going and just hardcore beat people yeah, he's, up. He's a, he's a character, you know. He's different. He's a character. He's an icon. He sort of epitomises everything that ECW is. He's sort of rebellious. The franchise is what, what Hulk Hogan is to WWF and Ric Flair is to WCW. Ooh. Exactly. He's he's the cocky hill athlete, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, like, subscribe, share. Make sure you follow us on social media at underscore sports arena on Instagram or Twitter. That's where you will find us. Head over to zazzle.co.uk or .com. Search sports arena. You'll find some RCW shirts and other merchandise advertising the show, which is tremendous. Uh, my name is Paul. I disappear at this point because other things happen. But I wish you a lovely week and see you on the flip side. Uh, yes, it is that time, it is that point, and I was tempted to continue what we did last week with getting Griff to uh, just basically redo Despaccio time and time again. Um, that's Despacito for everyone else. Um, but uh, I was inspired by, um, as I always am, uh, by a part of this show. Um, and I, for this one, I was inspired uh, not by Natalie Imbruglia, believe it or not. I've I've... Uh, existed. I've resisted the the urge to to have him read read torn to you, um, but I was in- inspired by J T Smith's new offense, which is just to collapse 
into various moves and just see if he can get lower and lower and lower and lower. And bearing in mind his entire thing, thing seems to be land on his head lower and lower and lower, I thought we'd go for uh, Flow Rider, um, not Florida, where they're doing their shows and um, they're, they're getting huge houses, but Flow Rider uh, with low. So, Griff, take us low. Shorty had them apple bottom jeans. Jeans. Boots with the fur. The fur. With the fur. The whole club was looking at her. She hit the floor. She hit the floor. Next thing you know, Shorty got low, 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 low. Then baggy sweatpants and the Reeboks with the straps. The straps? She turned around and gave that big booty a smack. A smack, she hit the floor. Next thing you know, Shorty got low, 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 low. I ain't seen nothing that'll make me go this crazy all night, spending my doll. Had a million dollar vibe and a bottle to go. Then birthday cakes, they stole the show. So sexual, she was flexible professional drinking x and o hold up wait a minute do i see what i think oh whoa do i think i see shorty get low ain't the same when it's up that close make it rain i'm making it snow worth the pole i got the bankroll i'm gonna say that i prefer them no clothes i'm into that i love women exposed she threw it back at me I gave her more. Cash ain't a problem. I know where it goes. Shorty had them awful bottom jeans. Jeans? Boots with the fur. With the fur? The whole club was looking at her. She hit the floor. She hit the floor. Next thing you know, Shorty got low, 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 low. Then baggy sweatpants and the Reeboks with the straps. Straps? She turned around and gave that big booty a smack. A smack. She hit the floor. Next thing you know, Shorty got low, 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 low. Bye. How'd you like my apple bottom jeans? 